Project Church, how we doing? Uh, if you're new, yeah, if you're new, my name is Caleb, and this is my bride of 14 years, going on 15, uh, Chrissy, and we got dressed up for you today, church. We figure Vision Sunday, let's pull out the big guns. No, honestly, they say that if you're a speaker, people receive the message better when you're wearing all black. So every, <laughs> every single Vision Sunday, we're in all black, except he's... In red. Yes, okay, cool. But hey, good to see you guys, man. God's doing something amazing in our house right now. You've heard uh, over this 10-year celebration month, as we've declared, we are a house of life, a house of freedom. Last week, Chrissy talked about a house of unity. And today, we are declaring this Vision Sunday that we will be a house of miracles. I want to invite you back next week. We are jumping back into the book of Genesis. This is something we've been doing uh, for the last several months, walking chapter by chapter through the book of Genesis. We love going through books of the Bible here at Project Church. And this is the final stretch. We're going to close out Genesis right before Easter. Can you believe we're only a few weeks away from Easter? And so we're going to close out this book. So next week, we're jumping back in. You should have got a calendar on your way in with everything happening this month, uh, the month of March. And so we're excited to be jumping back in there. So come back next week. Book of Genesis is going to be amazing. But you know, this is a different Vision Sunday than normal. To be honest, Chrissy and I came to this Vision Sunday with a very different perspective. You know, in the past, uh, we do Vision Sunday, the beginning of every year like this, and we come with a lot of initiatives and ideas and plans, and usually we have a list of here's all the great things we're going to do, and um, our church gets excited about it, and we're motivated by it, and we have done much of what we've declared uh, over these last years. You know, this year, at first, I, I really had this burden, this heart, um, that we would put a beam on the top of our building, and when I preached well, we would light it at the end of every, no, I'm just kidding. But come on, house of miracles, look at, when you want to talk about miracles, church, God is doing something in the Sacramento Kings. Glory be to God. Keep praying for them. We're almost there. Playoffs, come on, breaking the streak. Um, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, we, we had, we have always laid out these ideas, these initiatives. And this year, this idea of just being a house of miracles um, we felt like God was saying, you don't have to have all these strategies. You don't have to have all these ideas. What I want you to do is to just build a house that pursues me. I really believe that the time for casual Christianity, for comfortable Christianity, for a church that, that goes as wide as possible but not very deep, that time is over. We are living in a day and age where the church needs to rise up, be set apart, consecrated to be the church that he's called us to be. And he's called us to be a holy people, a set apart people, a different people, a people that long for more of him and his presence. Not great initiatives and great ideas, but more of the spirit of God moving in them and through them as they go out from this place. But it has to start here, church. It has to start with us. And so I want to read Joshua 3, 5. Uh, it says this, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
Now, the context of this is the Israelites have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They were given a promised land, but when they got to the promised land, they were outside of it, and they sent spies in to spy the land, and they sent 12 spies, and 10 of them said, the giants are too great, the people are too big, we cannot overcome them, and two said, our God is bigger than any giants. Some of you need to receive this over your life today. You may be facing some giants. Your God is bigger. And because the people had not faith, and they sided with the 10 spies instead of the two, one of whose name was Caleb, just wanted to mention that. Um, Because they sided with the 10 and not the two, God made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so now an entire generation has died off. And there's a new generation that's risen up, and they're one that God is calling to a deeper place. And so he does actually something significant. It's the same thing he did when he brought them out of Egypt. He parts the water. So just as he parted the Red Sea, now he parts the Jordan River. They walk across on dry land after the Ark of the Covenant and the priests step into the water. The water stops. They walk across on dry land. But he asked them to do something this time before the miracle. He said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You see, he had them walk through a moment of preparation before they received the miracle. And so today, what Christy and I want to implore to you and impart to you is that a house of miracles is prepared through the hearts of its people. So today is going to be a day of preparation where we are challenging you that you would prepare your hearts to receive the miracles that God wants to release. Here's what I believe. This is going to be house of miracles. God wants to release miracles in this house, but also miracles in your life. Many of you have been waiting on miracles. You've been expecting miracles. You've been patiently asking God for miracles. I believe right now God is calling us to prepare our hearts for the miracles that God wants to do, to consecrate ourselves for the miracles that God wants to release in this house. And here's the thing. So many times we think that miracles are very external. We want to see God do something great in our midst. We want to see the healings. We want to see the, you know, the crowds of people. Maybe a miracle of God for Project Church is that the, the house is overflowing. We can't fill. We can't, we can't contain everybody. And I'm sorry, that's not the vision this year. The external stuff is not what God is leading us to in 2023. God is imploring that we would work underneath the surface. Think about Jesus's life. For 30 years before he had his public ministry, he lived in obscurity, anonymity. Church, we've got to be so vigilant about how we're taking care of things underneath the surface. But here's the thing I want you to understand, that you're not doing the work. Only God can do the work. And the miracles that take place are the miracles that happen inside us. And it's only what he can do. Sometimes again, we think that it's just about the external, but God, I think does miracles in the private secret places of our lives. When imperfect people say yes to God in the private places, not in front of people, not in front of the lights, not on their highlight reels, but when they say yes to Jesus in the private spaces of their life, then that's the miracle that only God could have worked out. I mean, there's, there's revivals that are happening across the country. We're hearing about it at different college campuses. And I, I, honestly, I've been disheartened when there have been a lot of cynical people and maybe some in this room and maybe even moments in my, 
in my mind, where it's just kind of, it's like, God, is God really moving there? Are, are we people, are we seeing people saved? Are, are people actually, like, are, are we actually seeing miracles break out? Because revivals are this, 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 and that. And no, 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 church, we cannot have that attitude. We have to be seekers of God. We have to be seekers and we have to hope and want for greater and not, not willy-nilly believe everything that's going on, but also not being so cynical. We need to continue to seek the face of God. And if, if it looks like the presence of God, then we want, to want that for ourselves. We, we want to have that desire, whether it's real or not other places, we want to just trust that God's going to do things in the private places. Let's stop judging. There's no room for that. God wants us to stay soft with him. He wants us to be malleable in his hands. And so we've got to prepare our hearts for a miracle. And we're going to first prepare with purity. We have to get pure. Again, that's something that only God can do. Sometimes we're like, we'll get, we'll get rid of this. We'll pray this many times. And then we'll fast about all these things. And we'll do this, 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 that, and the other. And God's saying, not the list, church. Not the list. It's what... Am I going to do Psalm 51, 10 through 12? It says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You know, when I sang that song, there was a song that if you were in Sunday school a long time ago, um, you may have sung the song. Create in me a clean heart. Anybody? Oh, my God. Come on, if you know it, sing Only it. you and me know it, apparently. And renew a right spirit. Oh, I hear it. A few of them know it. And cast, cast me, me not away from your presence, oh, Lord. Yeah, and right. Take and take not your Holy oh, This is me. This is me when I was a little kid. Keep saying, oh. Created me a clean heart. I saw God. Okay, sorry, that's really dramatic. But I think that we get into these places and these spaces and we're like, oh God, I suck. Oh, help me. And we feel like surrender and consecration is like, and God wants to remind us that surrender and consecration and him doing the work in us frees us up. It gives us access to life and freedom and Jesus. And this isn't a moment of sorrow. This is a moment where we realize that he can restore unto us the joy of his salvation that he gives us. And then he upholds us so that we are willing to do what he wants us to do. Consecration leads us to obedience. And when we are obedient, there is a different kind of joy that is restored unto us. It's not like I have to do these things and consecrate myself. God says, I will restore unto you the joy of my salvation that I give to you. And I will uphold you with a willing spirit. I believe that this house in 2023 will be singing in the most joyful manner that we've ever sung before. When the house of the Lord has joyful singing, then that's a house that is ready to experience a move of God. That means God is doing something deep in our hearts. Bring up a well. Inside. Anybody? Nope, just all the old songs are coming to me, okay? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, just us. It's, it's fine. It's right. It's okay. So anyways, the joy of the Lord is kind of renewed 
in us a right spirit. It will uphold us, and that joy will lead us to the preparation of praise. Preparation with purity, then preparation with praise. Psalm 34, 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When we have the joy of the Lord and we realize that we've been free in him, that we have life and life eternal in him, when we are so desperate and dependent on the Holy Spirit, then we become grateful. A grateful church is a joyful church. A grateful church is positioned for God to do what only he can do. Because when we're in our own spirits, upholding ourselves and we're doing what we can do in our own strength, there's no room for God to move. We're taking up too much space. And let me tell you, the reason why I love the second song that we sang, it's all about the altar, it's all about consecration, and it's saying, be glorified. The goal of making a sacrifice of praise, and we bring the sacrifice of praise, that when we praise God, when we sacrifice things, we're giving him room to move so that he would be glorified. Church, I'm afraid that there have been moments either in our church and in the church in America and the church globally where we have taken and stolen credit from where credit is due. Are we glorifying God with some of our visions and some of our plans or are we actually glorifying ourselves? So we've got to get to a place of consecration and purity of the Lord. And so when we're prepared in purity, we're, pre- we're prepared in praise. Yeah. Let's never let the praise of who he is and what only he can do and only glorify his name, let that never leave our lips. Yeah. Gratitude, gratitude. It's good. I think that we have a natural inclination to lament what we don't have yeah. rather than praise God for what we do have. Amen. And it's why I see a lot of Christians discouraged, defeated, depressed, because we're focusing on the wrong things. And I know there's some things missing in your life, but there's also a lot of things that you could give God some praise for. And so I just want to challenge you that you would wake up every morning with an attitude, a mindset, a spirit of praise and gratitude, because it will shift your life, I believe. I've seen it in my life. When I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling sorry for myself for all the things that haven't come to pass, that's how I live that entire day. But when I wake up in the morning saying, God, I praise you because you've blessed me. You give me this, that, that. You came through in the past. I know you're going to come through again for me in the future, even if I'm still waiting on some things. So let's be a people of praise, church. This is how we prepare ourselves for the miracle that God's going to release. We also prepare with prayer prepare with prayer. We have decided and determined that this will be a house of prayer. We can't be a house of miracles if we are not a house of prayer. And I'm going to be honest that we have not been the house of prayer that we were meant to be for several years of this church. But no longer, church. Part of the vision today is that we are rolling out regular prayer rooms in this house every single week. That is the vision. It's not the sexy strategy that maybe you were hoping for. It's not all the cool things that maybe you thought we would do. But I believe that prayer is where our power comes from. And if we determine to be a house of prayer, we will see God move in a way like never before. We don't need to have all the strategies. Prayer is our strategy. Seeking God is our strategy. His presence is our strategy. The prayer room will be our war room. So here's what's going down. Every Wednesday, we've been doing this for a year, noon to one, we have prayer. 
And we haven't talked about it a ton, but now we're putting it out there. It's our prayer room. You can be here in this room, 12 to 1, every single Wednesday. Tuesday mornings, Chrissy's been doing this with a handful of girls for the last six months. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., prayer room. If you want to get up early, you're an early riser. Not me, praise the Lord. Um, I'll walk with God in the cool of the evening. But my wife, loves, my wife loves to get up early and pray. She'll be here. A group of people will be here. You can come, 6 a.m. Thursday nights, 7 p.m., right? We're going to have an hour of prayer as well. Regular prayer rooms happening in this house. And I believe when we prioritize this and we say prayer truly is our power and we live as a house of prayer, we're going to start to see the move of God we've been hoping for. We're going to start to see the miracles that God has called us to, to have. So let me, let me read this. So you guys know Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. I'm going to read the end of it. Verse 16 says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit, not sometimes, at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. We are going to prepare this house to be a house of miracles by saying we will be a place and a house of prayer as well. So that's what we're declaring, church. That's the vision of 2023. Part of it is that we will be a place of prayer, a house of prayer, and I believe God's going to honor this, and he's going to do mighty works through his people. But can I tell you, the war room, the prayer room, is hard work. Praying without ceasing is hard work. And I know some of you are going, well, that's not me. I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not an intercessor. Can I tell you, we are all called to pray. God has called every one of us to pray. You may not be able to be at these prayer rooms all the time, but I would encourage you that you would prioritize prayer in your personal life daily because I think that God is raising up a church of prayer warriors and that because of that, he's going to pour out his spirit in this house like never before. Let's pray. Let's prepare with yes. prayer. Yes, and if we prepare with prayer, we're also saying that we're preparing with presence. So when we first started our church, we had about 10, 10 blueprints, which are our core values. And you've heard us talk about this a lot. So Jesus is our message. message. Bible is our guide. Creative is our spirit. Oh man, I'm, you're, you're blessing me by coming back with me. Team is our strength. Community is our heart. Prayer is our power. And generosity is our privilege. And generations are our goal. And then my father-in-law came on, came on staff and he was just like, you know, there's something missing. He's like, you guys don't say anything about servanthood. And we're like, ah, oh, servanthood, servanthood, our calling. So then we had 11, 11 blueprints. And then this year rolled around in October, the Lord was speaking to us and one, one thought it wasn't really from the Holy Spirit, but one thought that I had was that there were 12 disciples. It's a joke, guys. <laughs> 12 I mean, tribes of Judah. Yeah, right? 12 is the round number, but honestly, he gave us this idea that you've got to prioritize my presence. You can do all of these other things, but which is the, which is the priority? Which is the priority? The presence of God has got to be our priority. And when we say that the presence of God is our priority, we're saying that we're so desperate to be in his presence that if we are outside of his presence, we are probably walking in disobedience. Right. 
And when there's not presence, and I talked about this last week, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to the message on unity. Without unity, there is no presence. And I want you to hear this. This is um, a moment that Moses had with God on the mountainside. And he's, it's Exodus 33, 14 and 15. And God is telling him, I'm going to favor you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go with you, Moses. But sometimes when we have conversations with God, sometimes we hear him, but we're like, oh, I'm still scared. I, but I still, you know, anybody else? Like when he's trying to encourage you. The thing about this, the story that I stumbled upon is that Moses is having a, 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 a Moses intercession is what the subject line is for this portion of scripture. He's, he's having intercession with God. And it's like Caleb said, every one of us is called to be an intercessor. A lot of us are called not to just be like sad. No, it's for us to be joyful intercessors because an intercession moment is a moment with an appointment with God. All of us should be making appointments with God. And 